0: Welcome to Smart Finance 360, the podcast where money matters, meet innovative thinking. Every week, we dive deep into the world of finance, exploring trends, debunking myths, and bringing you the latest insights from industry experts. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a financial newbie, or somewhere in between, this is your go-to source for becoming financially savvy. All right, well, another episode of our podcast, we got the CEO of UMortgage, Anthony Kassa. I'm really excited to have him here today. I wanna talk about A lot about not just entrepreneurial stuff of building a mortgage company, but uh, also just consumers as well to be able to teach them about kind of why we do mortgages and, you know, how can we help consumers understand a little bit more about mortgages? Because I think education is key. So for me, my first question for you, Anthony, obviously, you know, you are the CEO of mortgage. How did you even get into mortgages? Because mortgages, I feel like everyone I know, we didn't really grow up and be like, I want to be... A CEO of a mortgage company or I want to work in mortgages. It's always just most interesting stories. So how is yours kind of like coming fruition? Crazy story. It's an absolutely crazy story. This is a great one. So I I
1: dropped out of school when I was in the eighth grade. So never got a high school diploma. No G really? No nothing. You didn't know this? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. That's I great. thought you at least skated by. <laughs> <while> I- <laughs> no, I never I so I dropped out of school in the eighth grade. My uh, my dad had a stroke, so my we were we didn't have like a, a very we didn't have a lot of money. We were poor, mm. so like my dad was a single income in our household. So my mom's like first, I, I was already working in a restaurant as like a dishwasher, mm-hmm. but my mom's initial thought was like, okay, well we're gonna go sign you out of school and you're gonna work yeah. full time and support the family, um, and that's what happened. So I, I I thought at that point in my life I was 13, and I'm literally working full time in a restaurant. And that's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to run restaurants and build yeah. restaurants. And that's what I was going to do. Luckily, um, we had a customer uh, who would come in every single day on his way home from work. He worked at a mortgage company and he would you know, talk to me about the mortgage business. He was running sales at a mortgage company. And we built a really good relationship. We started working out together in the mornings. And he thought I was like in my 20s and I was 17. <laughs> and he was just like, man, he's like, with your work ethic, dude, he's like, you You literally work 14 hours in this restaurant. You work out with me in the morning. He's like, with your work ethic, you would make a million dollars in the mortgage industry. And for a year, I was just like, man, that sounds really good. So he got me a job interview. And and like, we know the mortgage industry today, but this was pre NMLS. This is 2003. Yeah. There's no rules. It's the wild, wild, it best. is the wild, wild west. Truly the wild, wild west. So I go in and I thought it was gonna be like an interview. I was like, I sweat. I, I didn't think I was gonna even get the job. <laughs> So one thing leads to another, I get the job and, you know, what I would do because I had no, you know, no formal education, but I've been running a restaurant for a couple of years now. So I knew how to run a business. I understood all the concepts, but I had no idea about finance at all. So what I would do is I found out who the, who the number one sales guy was. And I literally from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I just walked by his desk. I literally would listen to everything the guy said. And then the minute everybody left for the day. I would start calling all my leads and I would regurgitate just everything all the stuff he said. It didn't even probably make sense. <laughs> like honestly, it, it, it would be like the equivalent of like learning Spanish by listening to somebody speak Spanish, but the person isn't teaching you how to yeah. speak Spanish. Yeah. So you're just She's like, just Oh, loan to value. Okay. Like, sir, you have a bad loan to value. What does that mean? Like, no, I didn't know anything, but you know, one, th- but I worked really hard and that was the one thing like from working the restaurant, I, I just gotten used to like working fourteen hour days. Yeah. So I applied that to the mortgage industry. In my first year, I made 145000 dollars And I'm like This is 17,
0: 18, I years, was 18 old? years old. Eighteen wow. years old. 18 years old. Imagine 18 year old making that much money. I didn't even have a
1: car. My dad drove me to work every day. <laughs> like I didn't even have a bank account. Like it was Amazing. insane. So after a year I got recruited to another, a much bigger company who had found out that, you know, I was I was yeah. becoming a top salesperson. And I went there and that's really when I kind of exploded because when I went to that company, they had basically put me on um, the lending tree, like multimillion dollar desk, which was like all of the biggest loan amounts. And I just, I, I took over, like I became the number one guy there and all I would get would be two, three, four, five million dollar loan amounts. Like I was dealing with guys that were CEOs. High oh. at that point. I'm, and I'm like 19 years old. And I'm you like, had to learn quick. I learned quick, but I learned how. But here's yeah. the thing: is because of my years in the restaurant business, I knew how to serve people. I knew how to communicate
0: with people. Yes. Customer service was like in my blood. I love that you say that about. I, I see some of the, even our in new mortgage in the company of the loan officers. Some of the best loan officers come from the restaurant business. I feel like you guys learn urgency there. You obviously learn customer service, um, and you really correlated a lot from just being in the restaurant business. Working your butt off, 14, 15 hour days. You probably did everything too. You probably weren't just out there serving people. You're probably doing dishes, doing whatever it could to to keep it afloat. And you see that it correlated instantly into what you do now with mortgages. Hundred um, percent. I just find that so interesting that you could be in a completely different industry, but you can really apply what you learned in that other industry in a totally separate industry. It's a structure. And It's so
1: funny because I was talking to, uh, there's a guy that you that's on our team that has been working with me since I was 13 in the restaurant. And he's been with me the whole, this whole time, 20 plus years. So um, we were talking about yesterday. I was like, you know, the thing that the restaurant industry taught me is like, if you weren't busy, you either, you, you either found work or you went home. And it wasn't like you got like hours to sit around. It was like, if you had five minutes without work to do, they were getting you to do work. And the things that they would get you to do when it was slow were the things nobody wanted to do. Clean the line <laughs> behind the greasing. Like you're on your knees on the most disgusting. clean the, oh, the, discus- uh, the toy. Like it was the most disgusting you'd stuff. you would rather ever. go out on the street and say, come in and eat some food, please. Hundred <laughs> percent. So like we had such a high level of anticipation of like, oh wow, like it's slow today. Let's just get the worst stuff out of the way first. Let's clean like and, and like now in, in the business world, the reason why I say that makes sense is like a lot of people, they're like, Well, I did my job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when, when, when people lose their jobs, they, 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 they're they very like, oh, I don't know why I lost my job. Well, what was going on? It was very slow at work. I'm like, so, so, you, <laughs> so wait, you don't know why you lost your job? You weren't doing anything at work? Well, I just thought maybe I was going to get busy. I'm like, okay, well, guess what? Yeah. Same thing goes to the restaurant. You know what happens in the restaurant? It's slow. Get your ass on your knees. Yeah. Clean the freaking greaser. Clean this. You think I want to do that? Yeah. But it was either if I want to make my hourly wage at that point, I had to stay busy. Otherwise, they were going to send me. to figure it out. I had so to figure it out. Home. You want to get I, paid. And I anticipate it. So, like, again, you know, these are these are things that, like, they are transferable. All the knowledge that we learned then
0: in that business, it's transferable to this business. You can anticipate it all. Yeah. I mean, that that, that, that right there is a phenomenal example of just that when you, you learn at a young age that you can go out and create business for you is just creating that extra hour of work. You correlate that in this mortgage company. Now you're talking to guys that make five, six, ten, whatever million dollars a year. Where are you at, at that point? You're 19, 20 years old. Um, what kind of, how long, like, how long were you there? Like, how did that get, like, what was your next step in your journey at that point? You're talking to, I feel like you're talking to five, people who make five, ten million dollars a year. You're kind of at the very top, I would say, of the chain in the in the loan officer, you know, um, industry. What kind of happened there at that point? You know, it, it's, it's,
1: I very quickly went to like leading people. So like, I would say like my first couple of years in the mortgage industry, I was like, I mean, the money was so unbelievable. Coming from no money, even when I was in the restaurant business, like the money I made, I would work so hard and make like $7, yeah, it was not great. So like, like to me, we were making so much money. So I was working, I was really enjoying just being a salesperson. I enjoyed the hustle, I enjoyed the grind and I enjoyed the benefits and I had a great life. But, you know, I would say over over a very short period of time, I realized that, like, I put my 10,000 10,000 hours in really quickly. I was working mm-hmm. seven days a week, like, every day, enjoying it. So I started to realize that all the salespeople that were much older than me start to gravitate towards me. Like, my former partner was, you know, in the mortgage business for three years before me. He was, you know, several years older than me, but, you know, he sat next to me and, like, he went from, like, looking at me as, like, who's this young punk when I started to,
0: like, geez, he's really, he's really... He's watching you. He's seeing the work ethic. He's seeing you putting in the calls. 100%. You're immediately elevating everyone else. Yes. Just working. And you know, you've been poor. You know how it feels to be poor. And a lot of people that have been poor don't ever want to be poor ever again. Yes. They don't want, ever want to feel that feeling ever again. So they'll do whatever it takes. That's right. And that's practically what you were doing at that point. 100%. And, and basically, you
1: know, I started to... I started to lead salespeople and then eventually I was leading dozens of salespeople and I I was like, I would say probably like 21, 22 at the very, at the very latest. So, you know, over time, like I started to really build myself into, into that world. Now, then the financial crisis happens and you know, at that point I didn't like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So like it all, like in retrospect, as hard as I worked, it all came easy. Because every hour I put in, there was a direct return on the hour, mm-hmm. and while I worked really, really hard, I made a lot of money. In, in, in looking back, in a very easy way. Yeah. So when the financial crisis happened, it all went away. Like the the all the mortgage companies went away. I mean, like every I mean, the biggest financial institutions all went away. Gone. Gone. You couldn't close a loan. So you know it just so happened at that time i really started to start my family and you know i was a lot of like self reflection i didn't know if, I, if the mortgage industry was going to even be there for me yeah. a lot of regulation was coming in it was very scary like am i even going to be able to yeah. be a loan officer like you know i don't have a college education like what what's this new world going to look like so luckily on the other side of it um you know it did start to stabilize things got start to normalize and you know i you know i started a mortgage brokerage and you know that next chapter of, of my life was like a really eye-opening kind of time. And it's kind of like where my core values that we mm-hmm. that we have today uh, developed is I look back at pre-crisis and I said, why did that happen? Well, we focused on transactions. We didn't focus on people. We cared about making money mm-hmm. and we cared about closing. You know, it didn't matter if they qualified. It didn't matter if it was a no income, no asset. Like nobody really cared. Um, And, 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 you know, it's it's embarrassing to look back at, but in the, in coming out of the financial crisis, it was like, okay, we're going to focus on relationships, not transactions. We're going to focus on experience. We're going to focus on taking care of every situation. Um, And, you know, when we built Garden State Home Loans, we built it as a relationship focused company, focused on the Mm -hmm. consumer. And, you know, at that, in that business, we, we eventually became number one, but it felt like it was. We just didn't know what we were doing. We just kind of were like, we were building it. We were learning. It was painful to be a mortgage broker from 2011,
0: 2015. There was no yeah, There no was the no support. You know, there's all the there's, banks treat like crap. Yeah.
1: The Number lot. one company was like we all laugh at today. The number one lender in this space at that point wouldn't even talk to you. Like they they had cases. Like you you had to talk through these <laughs> chats and like it was the worst place. Oh, we're still breaking yeah. the 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 the, I guess like the, the those years were the years that the reputation of the channel mm-hmm. we're still trying to break that because it's turned around and it's massively better it's the best yeah. thing for the consumer but um you know I, I think I think my biggest learning lessons over these years has been like you know when we're time is so long but when you're in it it feels like you're missing out it feels like. Mm-hmm you know, oh, I, I got I to accomplish this now or I'm never going to be able to accomplish it. I got to make this money now. Or, I'm never going to do it. Or, I got to buy this house now. Or, I'm never going to do it. But in retrospect, it's like, man, like, you really do have time. Like, you know, those, those the, the, you got to take you got take everything for what it is and, and really value. Like, I look back at those years of Garden City, almost like I value the time I spent with all the employees and the relationships. Like, to this day, like, we're, we're I'm so grateful. Great relationships.
0: relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you're a lot, I feel like back then you're a lot more, in the trenches. Yes. All the time. hundred percent. And the high level stuff that you do, as far as like the visionaries things that are, you know, trying to be 10 steps ahead of the game. I'm not quite sure you had that at that point, but also at that point too, is you're, you're building when you're building so fast, it, what what comes with high growth is also high success, but at a fast rate. So it's really hard at the time to really take a step back and decide what's more important for this company next quarter or three quarters from now, or next year, yes, compared to what I'm doing right now, and I see a lot of you know brokers or different uh, companies or even you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, just a small company. I see the CEO or the top person doing things probably CEO shouldn't be doing it that day. So I want to talk to you about the difference between Guard State Home Loan, Anthony, and U Mortgage, Anthony, because I feel like for you now you are very into the high level things. You're always looking 10, 20, 30 steps ahead. Um, how does your days change when your outlook is that, you know, in that way of just like you're looking ahead and how do you avoid what's hitting in front of you? Like entrepreneurs, I think their number one problem right now, especially with the smaller businesses, is that they are so distracted what's going on right now that they don't even focus on what's, you know, ahead. So how, how do you stay above there in the high level thinking and don't get stuck in the mud, I would say.
1: yeah I, I think a lot of the a lot of that was learned at Car Home was because I was so in the trenches that and I was never looking too far ahead that when we would hit these points where we weren't prepared for them like when market cycles would change, specifically 2016 is a prime example of like when after that election rates went through the roof. we weren't prepared. our volume went through the floor. it was not good. Um, and looking back that that's what's prepared me to be a CEO of today is like, why did, why we, we could see that coming. Like when rates are high, when rates are low, eventually they're going to go high. Like that's the way it goes. Now I come into this situation and I sit there and say, okay, like the way this market works is when rates are high, these are the things that we need to be doing as a company. We need to be recruiting. We need to be growing because growing headcount is so what happens yeah. when rates are high. When rates are low, that's when we need to be getting loans because that's when the good times are rolling up. So you're you're in a situation where if you understand the components of the market, you can prepare for what's coming. So for these last couple of years, it's been recruit, recruit, recruit. Now we've already started like you know six months ago. We've really started saying, okay, hey, this is going to end soon. Like yeah. it's it's going to happen. How are we going to get prepared for it? Um, so whether it's your CRM, whether whatever the things are that we start yeah. working on strategy wise. Um, But but part of that process and you and you you have some familiarity with this is like, you know, when when things are when things aren't good, the reason why you make a lot of changes is you're preparing for when things are good. Yes. So it's like we turned over a lot of people like people look, oh, Anthony, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's (laughs) firing operations leaders like this guy's erratic. It's like, no, no, guys, I'm not worried about right now. We're doing, you know, yep. 500, 600, 700 loans a month. Like yep. that's nothing. I'm preparing for three thousand a month. Yeah. So if I know the ops person isn't doesn't have the chops for it, and the only way to know is to put them in the role and have a conversation with them and see, hey, where's your strategy at? Do, are they good? Do they
0: understand head They're How stressed about, right yeah. now. You're going to be very obvious that well, when things are actually busy, they're oh be
1: yeah, because to yeah. to your point, it's like are they thinking up here? Yeah. Or are they thinking down the weeds? And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's my job to find the right person. So when the light switch goes on, we can, we're prepared for it. So, you know, again, going back to the in the moment, the zoom in, zoom out Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like when it's in the moment, people will look at you and be like, man, like he's making some really bad decisions. Like guys, when you zoom out and we look backwards, they're gonna be like, oh man, thank goodness we made
0: that decision. Thank goodness we had a person. So it's zooming out sometimes gives you so much more perspective on what's going on. It's kind of the same thing as, you know, sometimes just leaving the whole situation and going on a walk can help you clear your mind and think about, you know, what's going on and then you can make better decisions. The same thing when you're running your business, you got to zoom out a little bit, see what's going on overall, and then you can zoom back in and it's much better. Uh, One thing I like that you said about preparing, um, your model was so interesting to me is that you built pretty much everything first before bringing loan officers in. I mean, you had operations, you had capital markets, you had marketing, you had the most robust IT team I've ever seen. You had everything there, HR, everything there built first before you actually even brought in your big produced loan officers. Tell me how that, you know, that's a lot of faith, by the way, to do that. I mean, probably a lot of money to invest as well. What was your thought process here instead of doing what everyone else does where it kind of gradually grows and then it's just, uh, you know, a snowball effect? you did the whole thing. If I build it, they will come. Tell me kind of your thoughts there. I mean, that's scary.
1: Scary. super scary. So think about, think about this, like the timing of this, and this is where it goes to like the preparing. We, you know, we started to really build this thing in 2020, second half of 2020, like fourth quarter of 2020. So like we're in the middle of greatest refinance boom in the history of the world. And, any logical human being would be like, let's get loans. It's, it's true. That's it's the easiest true. thing
0: to pick up Yeah, quick money, right? It's true. But
1: we just got started. I was like, we already missed this market. If I try to go get loans right now and get loan officers, all I'm doing is being reactive, and we won't have built anything. So our whole thought process was like, hey, we're going to spend 2021. We know it's going to be a great refi year, and we know we're not going to get a lot of the rewards. But on the other side of 2021, we felt very confident rates were going to skyrocket. Mm. I didn't know how much, but we thought they were. So we want to be prepared to recruit loan officers when they skyrocket it. When rates are low, it's impossible to recruit loan officers. Yeah, they're too busy. Too busy. Too busy. When rates are high. Yeah. they're they're ready. They're yes, they're not busy. So we unless spent, they work in the restaurant
0: business. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless
1: they work in the restaurant business, <laughs> they're fine all their shit to do. But uh, you know, for us, you know, we spent that year. We just said, Hey, we're gonna spend the whole year. We're gonna get marketing dialed in, we're gonna get everything dialed in. And then once the rates go up, we're gonna Go recruit like crazy. And every... I'm talking about this whole... 2022, the whole... Excuse me, 2021, the whole year, I would go up to our guy who's Austin, who's our capital markets guy, and I'd be like, oh, what the Fed say? rates going up? Oh, no, not yet, yet. And every day, we would just... I was like, oh, my God, I'm spending all this money. I was like, <laughs> when are rates going to go up? When are rates going to go up? Because we're ready to recruit. Yeah. And uh, the minute that they went up, it was off to the races. I mean, that... Yeah. I mean, 2022, you know, we went from... You know, three hundred million dollars in twenty twenty one to nearly a billion dollars in twenty twenty two. We added, you know, one hundred and sixty loan officers so that's, that year, and no, that, no, that
0: that's absurd to think because normally it comes in cycles. You go from a hundred to one hundred fifty million to two hundred, two hundred fifty million. It's kind of you went from nothing to overnight, pretty much top three, top four wholesale lenders in America. Yeah, out of the gate. So with that piece for entrepreneurs as well, that is, should it a lot of pain comes with that. I have a lot of pain, a lot of patience. Patience so, is key. So with patience on these entrepreneurs, I, a thing I like that you always say for me, because uh, it has at times when you're growing very quickly, um, it's kind of embrace the suck. Embrace yeah. that. Hey, look, this is hard. If it wasn't, if it wasn't hard, if it was easy, you know, everyone would do it. Yeah. So the fact that it's super hard, that's why I think the mindset for an entrepreneur is like, look, nobody does this because it's hard. Yeah. So if you change your mindset and you have this positive attitude that, hey, look. This is the journey, and a lot of times you end up enjoying the journey. Yeah. And so it's been really enjoyable, but it has been crazy to see the pain points of growing so fast. When you're going low level, not low level, but when you're going from a high level, mid level, and you're kind of you know on the low level stuff as far as boots on the ground, what, how the business is running, how do you handle when things are running a million miles an hour?
1: Well, I think I, I've I've had my own learning lessons on this because this is the first time I built it built something at scale like this. So I've had my own learning lessons because going back to the the Anthony in the restaurant yeah. is like when you're when you when you aren't busy, go find work. What I've learned is like just because Anthony's not busy doesn't mean everybody else isn't busy. So like and me going to find work while everybody else is busy can be a problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can break a lot of shit. Yeah. So, and that's what I learned. I learned my lesson. I'm saying, hey, listen, your head of marketing, your head of ops, your head of this, like they're all working their butts off because the business is growing crazily. And every time you come in with a brilliant idea, with this big idea, and you don't bring new people with that brilliant idea to do it, you're going to, you're going to put, you're going to break your stuff. So I've learned, I have to, when I am, when when you have a vision and you set goals and you put the plan forward, you just got to let it work. You got to commit to it. And over time, you can add stuff. But when you're not just because, you know, you are you have more time, now it's like spend more time recruiting, spend more time doing the things that you can control that's not going to negatively impact the business. So that was my own learning lesson. I had to go through that myself. Um, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that like is, is a thing is like when you're in a fast-paced growing environment, I have 150 shareholders that are my partners. And, you know, they are vested you know what I mean? And like, there's a difference when somebody's your employee and they're your partner is your employees. Like our, our salespeople, if they're doing good and they're closing deals, they're happy. But you, that same person that's doing deals and closed deals and is an investor, he's happy. But what's going on with the shares? Like
0: what's going on with style? Like, how we grow? <laughs> like Anthony, man, what are you doing? Helps so them take a step back too and be like, oh, I need to I need the whole picture for a second here. Yes. And then zoom back on what I'm doing. It helps them evaluate themselves as well. And, you know, it really, that's a phenomenal point you made there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, listen, I, it's, it's helped me, it's
1: helped me understand the importance of communication. Of like, like, like they care about how, what, you know, how we're growing, what we're doing to get ready for the next market. So, you know, we, we've learned that we got to be better at communication. We have to understand that, like. Everybody, you know, when your investors are vested, it's a reflection of something you're missing for your team members too. Because what happens is when your investors are coming at you and saying, hey, I don't know what's going on. It's like, well, if they don't know what's going on, your team members don't go- know what's going on. That means you're not sell- you're not explaining the vision well enough. So that's like, oh, okay, we got to get focused on communicating our vision better because we need everybody yes. on the same page.
0: Yes, and that's, that's the one thing as I love that you guys have really – what drew me to the company is obviously the core values – the core values are incredible, and the vision is great. Tell us a little bit about the vision of U Mortgage, not only just for loan officers that want to join your company or employees, but also for consumers. How important that is to you and to our company and for consumers. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I, I think there's two pieces of it. I think like,
1: you know, I kind of look at the, you know, our model is we're trying to be little government. So like, you, you know, if you think of if you think of the mortgage industry, mortgage industry is like the federal government is the mortgage company, the corporate, okay. And there's a lot of mortgage companies out there that have big government. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they got some really big government. Okay, and that means that the taxes are high. I mean, the margins are high, and the rates the consumer is getting are high because they run a very heavy ship. Um, and our whole idea is like, hey, we want to be small, small government. We want to shift those economics to the local level, meaning we want the consumer to get the best deal. We want our loan officers to have the resources locally. Um, and we want them to be entrepreneurial. We don't want them to just be employees. We want them to be more entrepreneurial. So I think the vision for us has always been we want a platform that allows them to be entrepreneurial while taking all of the nonsense, the HR, the compliance, all the things that like, you know, bog you down in the business. And plug and play. Yes, make it plug and play. And then, you know, wrap wrap a community around it, an internal community of people that are, are aligned around helping and supporting each other. And that's really kind of the secret sauce is like, you know, today we had our daily sales huddle. We have a daily sales huddle
0: every day. Yeah, over 100 people. 100 people on this out corner. of the gate. I didn't even know what it ended up being at the end, but uh, just waiting in the in the waiting room was over 100.
1: On a Friday. Yeah. Okay. Like end of the at week. At noon, at lunch. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. It's like 100 people. Yeah. I'm not on it. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. One of our sales guys is leading it. There's a hundred plus of our other sales guys on it and why are they on it? people they don't have to. so the only reason they're on it is there's some value there. There's some relevance there mm-hmm. and that's all done within the community. The sales people decide hey, what's relevant? what do we want to talk about? Then we put on the daily sales huddle as a topic to focus on. So you know you create this community where you have alignment like you said around these values and you know you you make sure you keep any bad apples out of it that don't have alignment. And, you know, over time, what you find is like,
0: it's going to grow because people want to be part of something. It has. And that's where I think when you have the good vibes in those meetings, you see these loan officers put it to practice and the consumers are the ones who win in this. So, Anthony, I appreciate your time here. I mean, this was awesome. It's a privilege for you being in our podcast studio. I can't believe awesome. you're here. You're crushing it. If anyone is interested in you mortgage, please reach out to Anthony Casa and uh, his great team. And if you're a consumer that's looking for uh, a loan at U Mortgage, how many, lici- how many states are we licensed in? We're licensed in every state
1: except for New York and Massachusetts. We're working on those. And you can go to YouMortgage.com and find a local loan originator in your community right on our website. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anthony. You.
0: You're the man. Appreciate you.